Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sutwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, but also <laughs> NXT. We've done about AW Rampage, pay-per-views, you have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidrick, look ahead to Monday Night Raw tonight. And I suppose, Michael Hamlet, the best place to start is possibly the thing that they are leading with, and that is Bobby Lashley getting back into the title picture. Yeah, I welcome this development, actually. I'm writing the ups and downs of WWE soon to appear on whatculture.com forward slash WWE as we speak. And I've included Bobby Lashley as WWE champion and his year sort of in general, because I think it's it almost went underrated. I think people for so long kind of assumed that WWE were never going to get this complete monster right, that when they did... People just shrugged their shoulders a bit. Like, well, it's about time. He's class. He should have been awesome all this time, you know. He was the champion between pandemic and getting live crowds back. It was one long feud with Drew McIntyre that, because it's WWE, has already been forgotten. The stakes of which were forgotten just as quick. The fact he won the title in sort of strange circumstances with the Miz meant that it's not something that ever really gets replayed. And yet, the real sort of benefit of this whole title run was that it did genuinely make him. He feels like a made man, a guy that belongs in that like so tough to break into tippy-toppy bracket that when he arrived last week, this like decidedly mid WWE title program actually felt a little bit bigger. Yes, the stakes are meaningless and four-way matches are as bad as three-way matches, which when we'd all prefer a singles match. But Lashley, I think, is a positive ingredient to this mix. Not at, like we all knew the ramifications of the original three and none of it felt that dynamic that you couldn't justify adding somebody as awesome as Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I mean, he's, he said he's going to address this attack from last week when he beat down uh, the competitors, not only uh, involved in that steel cage match that opened Raw last week, but also Seth Rollins, of course, beating them all down, standing tall and uh, well, post, post-match post or post-incident, I should say. The brief address we got from him and MVP was, that is what happens when you don't put the respect uh, on Bobby Lashley's name or don't even mention him uh, alongside the title picture. Look, Sid, we, we both know that 
day one's main event is going to be Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. So they're just chucking as many people as they can at the WWE Championship match. But yeah, you can't say that Bobby Lashley won't be an, a, an excellent addition to that match. Yeah, he improves a tenfold. Um, I can't do anything except echo Hamlet's points. Essentially, this doesn't feel as good as any sort of well-booked, intricate, emotionally intense singles program does. But what Bobby Lashley does, his specific act, his ability and his character, adds a kind of a much-needed dynamic if you're going to do rubbish multi-man stuff, boilerplate multi-man stuff, get Lashley involved, why the hell not? It complements the dynamic between all these four men. You've got Biggie, who's going to struggle to keep a hold of his title. Now it's gone from 33 to 25%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's uh, it's not good for him. It's not good for him at all. But I was getting a little bit tired of the squabbling dickhead mind games between Owens and Rollins. Uh, but what you have now is you've got the slippery dickhead customer and Seth Rollins, who's going to rule up everyone who Bobby Lashley has just killed, trying to snatch a victory. And then when he fails to do that, Bobby Lashley, with his great facial expressions, can look at Seth Rollins and go, you little prick, <laughs> trying to take that away from me. And then Bobby Lashley can wreck Seth Rollins. I've got actual faith that the layout of this four-way match at day one could be really, really good because of the range of characters in it. And Bobby Lashley has made me more excited in it as a result. I still think the TV is going to be less than worthless to get there. But the four-way should have me not looking at Twitter more than I was going to. Maybe not as part of this, but we sort of speculated on this, I believe, around Survivor Series, I want to say, Sige. But is there a possibility that we eventually get a Bobby Lashley face turn? Do you remember that video they played where they were like, he's this all-American army guy, but he's a dickhead. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa." so if you just stop there... You've got a baby face on your hands. So it's weird because as much as it's going to be a better match with an added dynamic to it, now that Bobby Lashley has been inserted into the picture, I have less reason to believe, and they've done a halfway decent job of convincing me that Seth Rollins had a chance to actually win this title mm-hmm. from Big E um, just because he was on telly so much more than Big E. They seem to fall back in love with those dreary ponderous promos. And they kill a lot of time on a three-hour show. This is true. But I was starting to think, like, Christ, he's beaten Finn Balor. He's getting all the promo time at the expense of Big E. The hook was, oh, we're going to get Seth Rollins as WWE champion again. And as dread-inducing as that hook was, you'd at least think, oh, there's going to be a lot of drama in the match itself. But, yeah, Bobby Lashley makes for a better match, but without that hook of anxiety, I guess. Basically, I'm still as ambivalent towards this entire product as I was two weeks ago, but Bobby Lashley can do some cool stuff in the market, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, I'm going to use a WWE terminology here. Switching gears now, uh, Michael Sidgwick, to the women's title picture. Should Liv Morgan get a title rematch? She got screwed in the main event last Oh, week. boy, she's going to whine about it. <laughs> she's going to do some whining and she's going to do some complaining. And then because she's scripted to do some whining and complaining, Becky Lynch is going to complain about the whining and complaining. That's going to make Liv Morgan look like even more of a whiner and complainer. And then they're going to arrive at the match when Adam Pearce says, oh, that sounds like a great idea. In theory, wronged babyface kicks the head in of heel who cheated her out of match is perfect traditional Mm. one might say classic grounds for building a rematch but i've just got reservations about the way that they are insistent 
on booking this Liv Morgan character that Becky Lynch's actions last week are going to scan less in an, as an injustice that a heel did. And it's going to swing back in the worst possible opposite direction into, oh, yeah, Liv, yeah, we saw the action replay, but you stop complaining about it now. What's done is done. You don't want it to be done. Mm. You want the baby face to prevail. But the way I guarantee, the way they're going to script it, it's going to make Becky Lynch seem like, yeah, yeah, she cheated, but it's not as annoying as the other <laughs> one. So who really cares about justice? Yeah, and, and uh, to be in truth, I don't really back the Liv Morgan rematch anyway. Uh, like, yeah, she lost, but heels cheat and sometimes get away with it. And that's a little bit the point of this too. Um, Charlotte Flair didn't get a second go of the Survivor Series match. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks didn't get yet more rematches when Becky won by the same means in Saudi Arabia. This is kind of what Big Time Bex has been doing because she's her now instead of the man. You know, she's trying to um, highlight in for WWE quite a nuanced way that she's lost her confidence and instead she's kind of covering up with these cool new tricks she adds into her matches that she didn't feel the need to deploy before, including her ring awareness being better and more experienced than her opponents and thus being able to cheat with it. I can't fault anything Cedric said there. You feel like it's going to be whining on top of whining on top of whining. But in truth, um, I had to go, when, when he sort of sent the notes out for us to prep, I had to go and check how it was again that Liv Morgan had been quote unquote screwed out with this so that she could ask for another title match. I remembered that it wasn't exactly clean as a sheet, but that was one of the like least memorable aspects of a fairly less than memorable main event. I have no particular, because this is what we want to talk about. We want to preview this as if we were previewing a Dynamite or Rampage. It becomes about what do you actually want to see on a show like day one, on an event they're going to build up to be a big deal. And I don't particularly want to see Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan again. I just feel like it's an obligation for them to deliver it because of how they book matches. Me and Sid were sort of discussing this on the on the news this morning, Hamlet, in terms of the fact that you have the potential, you know, a couple of three, four weeks ago, say, you look ahead and you go, right, day one, Charlotte Flair versus Tony Storm, Liv Morgan challenging Becky Lynch, both title matches, both sort of up-and-comers, both, you know, uh, widely supported um, fan favourites challenging for the titles. And yet the route that we've got here is, yeah, I mean, I would really hope Liv Morgan uh, comes out tonight and just wrecks Becky Lynch and they give him some sort of, I don't know, stipped-up match for, for day one. But, I mean, that aside, we talked about on the SmackDown review, Tony Storm's got herself a title match because Charlotte Flair kicks so much ass. Oh, I mean, that was just... like I honestly thought it would be a tapping for Tony Storm and Charlotte Flair to be the hotter of the two matches, at least going into the pay-per-view, until they booked what they booked on Friday night. It's again, it's the sort of the WWE goalposts continue to move about what's more important as well. A few weeks ago, we might have been looking towards day one as the night where you should have these two big matches. But then we have to remind ourselves now that's not really how the game works anymore. They need to save this for television because that's where the money is. We have to sort of slightly reframe how we've always fantasy booked these things in our head that they build to television as much as they build to pay fees. And then they deliver these matches on television and then tell you, well, actually, day one's the big show. Like that's the real quiz. But by then, you've given away all the answers because you've done these two matches. And I think in both cases, you've shown people something, I don't want to speak for everybody, but people something that they don't necessarily have that much of a thirst to see again. Mm. It's it's harebrained nonsense, but it's nothing out of the ordinary. The rating died as well. Yeah. So there might just be a shock. Right, yeah. like we all too often fail to consider that 
storyline directions week to week might just get dropped out of nowhere. And it wasn't going to be the main event until they went, oh, yeah, it's the anniversary of Trish and Lita. Yeah. yeah. Liv Morgan commands a very loyal online following that did not necessarily translate to a remotely respectable um, TV audience. And it didn't really get over in the arena that much. And let's face it, this company has got previous in dropping that talent like a stone. So what I'm trying to say is maybe the last five minutes of our lives were completely pointless. (laughs) (laughs) Are they really worth living right now anyway? So it's Christmas. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Michael Hamflet, what's next for Austin Theory? He wants. What do I want to do, Austin? Austin, what do I want to do? Um, that I hope that I don't know how soon Austin Theory's enormous push is coming, or Vince McMahon will get tired of it and he'll disappear off the map. That's that's the beauty of all this is that right now he's a potential Royal Rumble winner out of completely nothing, out of stealing an egg. He's potentially going to go all the way to WrestleMania and get a title shot, and yet. Because the Rumble's at the end of January, or is it even the start of February? It's basically, it's the end of the month at least. We've got another 50-odd days or so to go. Vince might be bored of him by then. He might just wake up one morning 
and assume that he was pushing Steve Austin all along instead of Austin Theory and just go off him. But what I welcome for Austin Theory's presence on Raw is more weird Vince. Um, as part of Raw, like replacing SmackDown as the best main roster TV show of the last month or so, and what a satisfying feeling that is still to say, um, it has been Vince McMahon's presence on it. He's fun to mock. He's uh, he's he's funny to look at. <laughs> we had to, to look at. That's something to look at when you're talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> like, what about if, like, if, like, you know, pandemic restrictions get tighter again and they they close things like cinemas or theaters or zoos? It's all right. Just turn on Raw and stare at Vince and wonder what is he doing. Look at him. He thinks he's people. Just uh, look here. I know elderly father still protective of his age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know whether this is leading to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get someone to take the title off Damien Priest because I think they've got bigger plans for him in the coming months. So maybe Austin Theory. I know. He does the Priest <laughs> and that's Vince's favourite thing. He's half Damien, half Priest. I don't know what it is. I don't understand this it's whole already gimmick. already dropped, so let's move on from that. But um, I don't know whether that's the direction Austin Theory goes in, but I just, yeah, like, like Hamlet says, I suppose you just echo more Vince interactions this week. He said he wanted him to go and impress him taking his top off and doing some push-ups or whatever it was, apparently he didn't equate to that. So instead he kicked Finn Balor's head in. Yeah, which is what has happened on Vincent Man's television show multiple times for the past uh, century, at least. <laughs> otherwise, meant that that's meant to make an impression. Odd. Kane, Kane, go out there and impress me, Kane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but it was such a great take because, like, you know, when just something just goes... Ah, yeah, not good. <laughs> Everyone thinks, all right. Austin Theory, classically handsome fella, telegenic, clearly going, going down, down the line, line now. He's an association with Vince is kind of like the endorsement of, right? The, the material's rubbish, it is what it is, but him next to him means him, he's going to be big. You're Vince Dust. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, people are thinking, all right, well, as long as the next Randy Orton. That's the next 20 years, sorted. Christ. You see, by the way, have you seen SmackDown this week? No, you avoided it. Didn't review it, so no. Um, I can't tell you how desperate people were to see Randy Orton tag in in that who's the best tag team match. It Hamlet, tell him it was insane, wasn't it? Legit. It was unbelievable. Sorry, like it was just like the hottest of hot tags to such an extent that the New Day were booed and then booked to win and then booed some more. <laughs> people just, people wanted the frigging I didn't do it boy basically to come and hit the RKO. Christ. Well, maybe so we will reach those heights after 22 years of trying. <laughs> or maybe as this Twitter user who I forget pointed out, everyone's thinking now he's next round Yorton. Like, this is exactly what happened with Brad Maddox. They become besotted with like handsome, telegenic, bland, Bischoff adjacent guys every now and then. And you're like, why is this fucking, why is this motherfucker <laughs> all over my TV? Right? It's because oh, it's handsome and the thing, like bland, telegenic faces equal ratings. Like Austin Theory could just be the next Brad Maddox. Quite easily. <laughs> What a, what a possibility. What a thing to shoot for. Uh, right, from one uh, hospital pass of a question to another, Michael Sidgwick. 
Is the Miz scared of Edge? Yes, because last week when Edge went, huh, as if it sounds like a puncher, Miz took a flat back. So, yes, he's scared. You think, right? I hope Maurice is back this week. You know when, like, <laughs> you know when something's daunting to you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you really hate doing it. But you just do it enough times that it's like, right, okay, it's second nature now. Like, I distinctly remember first week of comp, right, secondary school, high school, okay, to our, <laughs> to our Yank listeners. My, I like how your impressions always come with these sort of implication that you kind of resent they have different words. <laughs> yeah, high school. High school. Well, you go to comp. Boom, right? tang, <laughs> You're like... Oh, hang on, oh, this is massive. So you latch on to the person who kind of knows where they're going a bit. Oh, follow them. Oh, without them, I'm screwed again. For the first week, I don't know where I'm going, and this is scary. Like, you get used to it. You get your first job, and you think, oh, Christ, these green letters on this black screen, I'm going to break everything with one mistimed keystroke. I'm going to bring about the end of the world by pressing, I don't know, H instead of K. There's a backspace, delete the whole system. No, you idiot. But like, that's how daunting everything is, right? If you're a heel wrestler who plays the chicken, Mm -hmm. right? For as long as the Miz has, do you not think, right, that after 15 years of just bumping and feeding for punches to the face, you realize, oh, just a punch to the face. It's fine. Why is he still scared? He's like 40 years old. He suggests it would be his uh, bread and butter if he wasn't just on butter toast. Yes. <laughs> just, why is he scared? He saw that vein coming out on his forehead. That's what it is. Aye, maybe. I, w- I want Maurice to come back this week. I feel like... Her being involved, just just in mask. And then why, we're going to why, get. Why do you why why do you want Marie's to come back? What do you think will add to the story? Oh, it didn't say anything about adding to the story. Pamphlet man, he's. You know, hey, I'll say this: if Marie's comes back, surely Beth Phoenix is coming back. Surely yeah. that's a more interesting match. Uh, is that not like that's a that's a better match, isn't it? Like they'll do the singles match probably instead because they can save the mixed tag for another pay per view. You know, you know what, Sage, actually, I'm going to counter what you said there. Uh, nothing to do with Miz and Edge, Christ almighty. But your example that you gave, that you more to do something, the more natural it feels. I get the same dread at 10 to 3 every Monday before we do this preview <laughs> podcast. And, <laughs> do, do this 52 weeks a year. How, how can we still, how can I still dread getting through it? How can I dread getting <laughs> through the end? Well, so there are certain tasks. We're bumping fed for one another on this podcast every goddamn Monday. Okay, and the punches still hurt just as much. But... There is one thing that I know will put a smile on Michael Hamflet's face. Tonight is the final of the RK Broneman. It's the Street Profits versus... Where are all my notes? Oh, there they are. Um, Ray and Dominic Mysterio. The 13th of December, 2021, Michael Sidgwick. A day that At will, M. Sidgwick. A day that will live in infamy. The Street Profits advance to the final of the RK Broneman. And Dominic says... Father, do not worry, for I shall carry you into Christmas. <laughs> Get out of the house! You rap your brick! He's got an electric chair, his dad. 
Step into Christmas, kill your dad at Christmas, 13th of December, like we always said. Um, oh, you're hoisting up your fire <laughs> on your own. <laughs> Oh, your hearts think of your father. Oh, your hearts on your arms. Oh, your hearts think of your father on your arms. Oh, your hearts think of your father on your arms. Comedy stylings there. Of, uh, Tonight's the night. Like, I don't know what, which, what more we can really add to that. It's the thing that we said was going to happen. It's finally going to happen. 13th of December. Told people to circle the calendar all the way back in 2019. And here we are. Here we are. Honestly, soothsayers. If this Salutations happens. from the soothsayers. If this happens. Truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> if this happens. On what is going to be, by the way, heads up, I'm going to be in a really good mood for the Raw Review tomorrow because it's the last Raw after watch of the year. If this happens on the last Raw of the year, I'm going to be, oh, I'm going to be, be unbearable. I'm going to be unbearable. Flash forward to Wilborn cancelling next Tuesday's annual leave if they do it next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like barging past your family. I've got a podcast to record. Yeah, this is the thing. The only, the only other thing I can think of is the Mysterios win and then they go to the pay-per-view. Day one. Day one of the rest of Dominic's life, more like. Yes. <laughs> we'll do it at Mania if they do it at all. Hold your horses. Yeah, but that's... We that's said, we said this. Having a day one, it gives you time for, you know, Rey Mysterio to recover from the horrific injuries of being electric chair on the ramp. He'll be ready in time for April. <laughs> who do you think wins? Who do you, genuinely, who do you think wins the RK Bro event tonight? Uh, that's weird because they're both faces. Both face teams. Huh? Look, I think Street Profits will win. Furthering the split. No, no, I think Ijai and Amos will um, interfere, uh, set up a match with the Street Profits. The Mysterios could do the Arc April thing. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll indulge your fantasy booking from there. And Riddle gets to spend a few weeks saying that him and Orton are just like the Mysterios because they're family too, Randy. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah, Mysterios as well shoot. to win. Yeah, Mysterios to win. It's their night. Oh, Unless well. we get the electric chair thing that we said was going to happen all along. <laughs> Either or, I'm not fussed. Um, I am fussed. Electric chair, please. I'm not fussed by anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Why say you can follow all three of us? You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, our SmackDown and AEW Rampage reviews are available right now. And if you subscribe, our review of Monday Night Raw. Uh, will be available as soon as it <laughs> drops into your feed tomorrow. Uh, and there's still time to suggest a five-star review review, something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review instead of a god-awful Raw segment. Uh, all you have to do to do that is subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review suggesting something. But for now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.